Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my partner in life, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us today as we keep this hope train a moving on down the track. Choo choo. I love it when you do that, <laughs> especially the little arm thing that you do along with it. Like you just imagine choo choo. Do you know you do that when you drive by a semi semi truck? You do? Yeah. To get them to honk. Yeah. Do you? When's the last time you did that? I don't know, but I'm going to do it today. <laughs> Every semi truck. I'm going to see if they still do it. I remember being a kid and doing it and they would honk and that was really You'd cool. be so excited. Yeah. You'd be elated. Yeah. It's kind of like when you wave to someone and they wave back <laughs> because that's rare now too. So this is true. <laughs> now our kids have no idea that the whole honk honk thing with the truck, you know, because they're too busy looking down, looking at the phones and the kids yes. don't even look outside anymore. They don't even pay attention to the cars and yeah, well, other stuff. We're going to teach them some things today. We're going to teach them how to make a trucker honk. Yeah. Make a trucker honk. <laughs> Cause that's a valuable skill right now. I know. In the world of the pandemic. Yeah, maybe, I don't. I wonder if they're allowed to honk. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Because those semi horns are very scary and loud. No, not as scary and loud as a train horn. Remember no. that truck I had that had a train horn on it? Yeah. Like you could honk and it was like. <laughs> I'm sure that was illegal. It probably was, but it was fun. <laughs> but so is driving fast. But I, in all fairness, I inherited it. It was already on that truck when oh, I got yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, I can't. You can't blame me for that. <laughs> so how you doing today? I am good. It is so hot. It is hot and Callie is on fire yeah, right now. Yeah, I am sucking up to this Arctic air little portable air conditioner because it's hot in our studio. We have no air. Yeah, so, so we're, right now we're sitting in a in a podcast studio. We call it our radio shack because it looks like a, a shed. They went out of business. They did? Yeah. They're not around? I think they are no longer. Did they, Corona? Did Corona get them? I, no, it was before that, but I, but I've been wanting to get like the original Radio Shack sign to put on the outside of our building. Well, suffice it to say, we think it's a, it's, it's cooler and yeah. far more hip and pretty than a shack. Oh my God. Yeah. But here's the one problem, you know, us renovating houses here, you would think that we'd be smarter than this, but we have yet to put in AC or like what they call a mini split system in it. So right. when we come in here, we are fully susceptible to whatever temperatures are in the studio. In the winter, it's bone chilling. And in the mm -hmm. summer, <gasps> super hot. It's stifling hot. But you know what? This building used to be a, um, a place where people made drugs. Before, what? before we tore it down. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? They were growing things and making, um, what does that Breaking Bad guy do? <laughs> they were doing that. <laughs> they, they were making uh, methamphetamine? Yes. What? How do you, what are you talking about? That's what it looked like. It looked like that. Yeah, I'm sure it was true though. Well, I mean, this, that building was here since 1900. It was a, it was a little scary. So. It was a little scary building. We tore it down and made it really, really pretty. Yeah. With no air. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty and soon to be smelly, I think, because we're, we're both sweating here. I wore deodorant today. You know, I. Jennifer, I don't, really? I don't wear deodorant, but I did today. I got a new one. Wow. It's called like Malin and Goats. What? I don't know. Why do you want to smell like goats? No, it's not. It's it's bergam bergamot. What's Malin? It's Is the it company's melon? name. Are you trying to say melon funny? No. You say Malin? M-A- Is that like iron? 
No. Or button? No, it's M-A-L-I-N. Malin plus G-O-E-T-Z. That's I what it's. I, why, do, why do we need to know this? Because everyone should go get some new deodorant. Why? What's the problem with deodorant? It smells like bergamot. What's bergamot? It's a fun smell. What is that smell? Well, describe smell my, it. Smell my armpit. No, <laughs> Jennifer. Jeez Louise. She just lifted up her arm. Last thing I want to do. This girl goes down and works out on the gym for two and a half hours in the morning. Last thing I want to do is smell your pits. Please, I shower. No. Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't want any of it. Okay, fine. Jeez Louise. I like the smell of my sweat. What? I do. Don't you? No. Uh, Liquid Awesome. You talking about? Well, I mean, it is liquid awesome, but you it just came good. down to the gym yesterday and said, "Smells like a gym." I'm thinking to myself, I, I like wonder it. why it smells like you. I like that smell. It's like hard work. I can smell it. It's pouring out of my pores. Well, on that note, why don't we tell some funnies? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Let's do some joke time. Let's do it. Because this has been hilarious thus far. <laughs> Let's add some more hilarity to it. Okay. All right. So you're going to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. I'll go first. Okay. All right, Jennifer, here we go. Okay. Do you want to hear a joke backwards? Yeah. Okay, start laughing. <laughs> That's funny. Not all jokes are funny, but... I knew I'd get you on that one. Yeah, I had to think about it. <laughs> As you do always. Yeah, totally. All right, let's hear yours. Okay. Oh, this isn't really a joke. Jennifer, this, here we go again. This is a statement. You said you don't like statement jokes. You, I know, you I forgot. chastised me and said a joke has to have a question. Okay, I'll, I'll tell two. Okay. What? Yeah, I'll do two. All right, go. Okay. Eating spicy food is like expressing your love to someone who has no interest in you. You always get burned in the end. Does that joke mean what I think it means? I don't know, but it's Coming funny. out hot? Yeah, I don't eat spicy food, so. <laughs> so you have no comment? I, yeah, no No comment. experience. Okay, you, you, want an, you want another one? All right, yeah. Okay. Why didn't the skeleton like spicy food? Because it doesn't have a tongue to taste? <gasps> Almost. What? Because he didn't have the stomach for it. Those are, those are my... Uh, Two spicy jokes. You did good today. Two spicy jokes, I know. That's all. You did, you did good today. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I thought my joke was funny, though. Yeah, yours was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jen, I think it's time for our interview. I want to get our guest on the line. Uh, we're going to talk with Frank Egan about his business. He's part of Am Spirit Business Connection. And basically what he does is his membership connection uh, group that pays a fee to be networking and referring and part of a referral network together. Yeah. So um, I used to be involved in something called LaTip. So it mm -hmm. reminds me of yeah. LaTip, but current, better, right. I think. So Upgraded. I'm, yeah, I'm eager. Well, I'm eager to hear his perspective on the pandemic and pivoting and what he's saying to his members and the businesses, et cetera. So I'm excited to have him on. So should we call him? Let's call him. Let's call him and get him on the line. All right, I've got Frank Egan on the phone, on the line, ready for our discussion. How are you doing today, Frank? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks so, for 
Well, you know, it's it's we're we're burning up here in California. We got fires <laughs> everywhere. We got 107 degree temperatures. But you know what? We are excited to talk with you in the midst of all of this chaos because we I, I've heard through the news that you are a hope dealer. Like in your business, <laughs> you are a hope dealer, and I I want to know all about that. Okay. Well, where do you want to start? Well, I know that you uh, founded a company, basically. Am Spirit Business Connections, and your whole background is really about making business connections. And so in my mind right now, through this pandemic, I I just can't help but imagine that every business out there to some degree has been disrupted, both positively and negatively. You know, I hear some businesses are thriving now, grocery stores as an example, and then others are really withering, which is be like gyms and you know, the, the like in and, and restaurants to some degree. And so I, I just really feel like it's not what you know, but who you know. And for a guy that spent his career working on connections, I just felt like it'd be fascinating to talk with you and learn what you have learned over the years regarding business network connections. Because if you're a business owner, if you're a small entrepreneur right now, your hope is to find a way to outlast the current situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it- I honestly think that this will be with us for a while. I've been talking with my franchisees and my organization, and I laid out some numbers for them, science-based, and I said, you know, we're probably looking best case 2022. And, you know, the, the message I gave to them, I started off by giving them a quote from the book, A Road Less Travel. Uh, the, the opening line in the book is, I'll paraphrase because it's a long quote, but <laughs> life is difficult. You know, life is difficult, and as soon as you accept the fact it's difficult, it stops being difficult. And, you know, my message to them was, you know, we have a long journey ahead of us. It's going to be difficult. Let's just accept that and figure out how we are going to do it the best way we can do it. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of a rah-rah kind of a thing, easier said than done. But, you know, really it's something I think we all need to embrace. To, to kind of move ourselves forward. Yeah, I, I, I like that quote, and I'll paraphrase it even further because I was having this conversation with uh, with a friend of mine yesterday, and, and I said, you can either focus on the problem or focus on the solution. You know, the idea yeah. being that right now, yeah, we, it, all, all of it, all this disruption, all the chaos, everyone's inconvenience. Nobody, you know, it's not like we want to go outside and wear masks. It's not like we want to be dealing with COVID. It's not like we want to be dealing with quarantine, et, et, et cetera. But if you, mm-hmm. if you just lament the fact that it's going on and focus on nothing but the problem, you miss the opportunity to find a solution. And I think there's hope in the pivot, hope in the solution. If you focus on the solution, then I think it takes your mind off the problem and then now you can be creative. And I, and that's what I love what, uh, about what you do. And so just for our listeners, I'll tell you, like I, I had a brief introduction with you, couple of texts, brief phone call. And next thing you know, on our mission, you are just sending us, you know, a half a dozen different uh, recommendations of people that we might be able to talk to. And I'm like, this guy this guy gets it. He's a connector. He's out there in this marketplace. COVID isn't stopping him. He's just making connections. And I, and I, and I love that. So have you always been that way? Or is this something that you've learned to develop as a, as a skill set because of, of your background with uh, Am Spirit Business Connections? Um, you know, I, I think it's always kind of been there, uh, to be honest. And this just, this just, it's kind of like the saying, money doesn't, Money doesn't change people; it reveals them, kind of a thing. And, and you know, my circumstances hasn't changed me; it just has revealed me. Um, I 
I have a law degree. I have an MBA. I started my career in a really big firm, and I didn't like working in the in the big firm atmosphere. I went out into private practice, and when I left into private practice, I had no idea how to get business, and that's what led me into the business I am now. They call me the founder. I actually bought an existing business that was there. I was their first franchisee and bought it out. But I noticed that even when I was working for the big firm or even when I was even when I was in college and, and probably before, I was always a connector. I was looking to, you know, when you approach, when you, when you meet somebody new, the question that most people ask is, and this is all internally, the, the question most people ask is, what's in it for me with respect to this person? And, and, and I ask myself that too, but I've somewhere along the line developed this ability to transition quickly away from that question and say, okay, what, it's not what they can do for me, but what can I do for them or what can they do for somebody else that I know? Um, because that first question, what they, what can they do for me? Generally speaking, there's a low probability that they're going to be able to do something for you. But if you start asking the question of, well, what can they do for somebody I know or what could somebody I know do for them? You know, then you're, that's almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I could see that. And, and, um, you know, so I've been always been very good at that. Even when I was working in the big firm, there were certain services that I sold and I was good at that. But I, when, as I worked with my clients and would listen to them talk, I would see other opportunities for other people within the firm. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed helping other people and, being kind of known as that, um, you know, Zig Ziglar's got that quote out there, you can have anything you want in life if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want in life. I love that quote. Kind of, One of my favorites yeah, of all time. It is. And and people lose track of it, Sean. They just like, oh, you know, I I volunteered at the at the blood bank this week. You know, where's my you know, where's my payback? And it's like, no, listen to the quote. You get everything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And if you've got big aspirations, then boy, you just better buckle it on and help other people. Um, <laughs> let's break that. Let's break that apart because I think that there's there's more meat to that that bone. I think where some people get disconnected on the whole idea of of networking, etc., is is there was two part enough people when you help enough people. So quantification right. of that, you know, it's it's not like you can go out and help two people and then expect all your dreams to come true. So I think that, that when you unpack that further, the, the enough component, I think that there's also a time component to that. I think sometimes people have an unrealistic expectation of how quickly things can mature. And I think that if they had a, a realistic expectation that it does take time, that networking and connections and being genuine and being real and really trying to assist and help people is not a quick endeavor, but if you build it the right way, it's one of the strongest foundations of, of a successful business career that you can have. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, it's, it's fascinating, but when you do things for other people and I never keep score, right? I just lose track of it. I'm, I'm going to do things for somebody and you know, I just trust karma. It'll come back to me. But I see that as I'm out there helping people, they quickly want to figure out how they can turn the table. Um, and I'm not banking on that at all. Um, 
but that's just kind of people's mindset. You think that's a law of reciprocity? Do you think it's it's this feeling inside people that, you know, they don't want to feel an imbalance to their relationship? So now since you've given, now they want to reciprocate? Yeah, you know what? And, and, and let's stop and think about this for a little bit, all right? We live in a modern world. We live in a, mo- in a world of big cities and big states and a big country and all the technology. But if you go back in time, really just a mere tick, um, you know, we were living in caves and on grassy plains, and you lived in a tribe or a clan or whatever you want to call it of about 150 people. Um, and a lot of, and, and, and there's numbers based, you know, there's, there's science behind all of this. And the chances are you never ran into anybody else, right? You didn't have people flying in from other states or other countries. You just were with your tribe. And you had to contribute to that tribe. And if you didn't carry your weight in that tribe, you were out. And if you were out, it was a death sentence because you couldn't survive on your own. You, you needed to work together. You needed to work together for protection, to take down big animals, you know, to prepare food, all these things you needed to work together. So we were really hardwired to help one another. We really are. And so it is, you know, it, it is the law of reciprocity. It's, it, 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 it's innate in our, in our being. It, it really is. There's a story out there, Margaret Mead, who's a, a famous anthropologist, one of her students asked, when was the first sign of human civilization? At what point did you see in all your archaeological digs that, wow, humans are, are civilized, right? And she thought about it, and everyone's thinking, okay, you know, spear tip, clay pot, whatever, you know. And what she came up with was a healed femur. She said, in the, in the animal world, you don't see... You don't see an, you don't see animals that have survived with a heel femur. When their femur breaks, and that's the bone that connects the knee to the hip, when that bone breaks, you're done. Um, but seeing a human that had a femur that healed, and, and it, without medical care, it takes about six weeks for that to heal. Um, seeing a human with that situation led them to conclude that somebody cared enough to stick around to help that person. Um, and so, you know, that DNA is in all of us. I love that. I love that. I love that story because you're, you're right. Like that's a clear indication of a community because, you know, somebody couldn't survive on their own without help. So certainly somebody had to, to be in a situation, whoever that person was that had that, uh, that break had to be in a situation where they had others around them helping them and, you know, to get, to get through that. So, um, where I was going to go with the question before was certainly right now in the, in the business world. This, this is a major event of disruption, as we talked about before, both positive and negative. And so you, you run a business, you have franchisees, you're, you're currently working through the, the business climate as it is right now during COVID. And so yep. I guess what I'm looking for is the kernels of wisdom that you might be able to share based on personal experience or how you're suggesting to your franchisees currently to pivot and or adapt to this climate. So, so let's take you for an example. You, you, you said, realistically, you're talking to your, to your franchisees and you're saying, listen, this whole COVID thing, you know, I want to set a realistic expectation, probably 2022 before we've got this in our rear view mirror. So yep. the follow-up piece to that is 
how do you manage your business between now and when we hope to get back to some sort of new normal in 2022? What, what, what are the kernels of wisdom you might be able to share? Well, you know, what we did uh, and what our business is, is we help, it's a member, it's a for-profit membership-based organization. We help businesses get referrals and it's through a weekly meeting process. And, and up until March, it was very face-to-face. Um, as soon as all the lockdowns, you know, all the stay-home uh, um, orders, it, overnight it became virtual. And um, I was totally amazed by the small business community because they just they just figured out we got to figure out a way. And for the most part, people did. There were some that struggled, but for the most part, people did. But you know, as we kind of move through it, what the, the message I have been giving is really stop and look for the positive in this. What's the, you know, what what are the things out there that you can take away? What what can you do with respect to learning? I'll give you I'll give you a story. Uh, one of one of my chapters, one of my groups. They went virtual, and one of the members, he's an attorney, he's just kind of, you know, kicking and screaming, oh, let's just wait till this thing passes. I'm like, no, we got to do this. And he got on a Zoom call, and two or three Zoom calls later, he's like, you know what? I see this. I can see how I can integrate this into my practice. I can see how I don't need to be chasing around town doing things. I don't need to be chasing my clients around town doing things. He basically embraced it embrace that chaos, um, which, you know, it reminds me of a, 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 an article I read about um, in 2014 over in London, the underground, the London, their subway system went on strike, right? Um, and it just made everybody scramble because you know, they got to go to work. They're scrambling to figure out how to get to work. Well, it only lasted like 48 or 72 hours. And um, they did a study and they found out 5% of the people didn't go back to their normal routine. Chaos had broken them out of their routine and allowed them to find a better way. And that's what we need to do, is just in this chaos, find a different way. And you know, the people who are struggling with this, it's, they're struggling because they want, to, they want to keep it the same way, right? Oh, I want to be the five-star restaurant. I want to continue to serve meals the way I'm serving meals, you know, get it back to normal. And the reality is, is it's not going to get back to normal. You need to try and change. What if rather than doing five-star meals in your restaurant, you were able to take those five-star meals and bring them into somebody's home so they can have an intimate setting at home? Yeah, it's going to cost a little more money. And people, people you know, will pay. Um, not everybody, but people will pay. But it'll keep your business afloat. You know, So you've just got to be willing to kind of change a little bit. And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see businesses do little things like that that, you know, you know, small little pivots. Um, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say small little pivots myself, and I think that that's an excellent example. And it brings to mind something that I just recently read, and I don't know if you've read this, but some major restaurants are looking to partner with what we would call like industrial kitchens for takeout only service or delivery only service. So in other words, if you want a uh, meal from, you know, fill in the blank, whatever your favorite restaurant is, you know, more sit down type restaurant, you may be able to find that meal anywhere in the country because they'll give the recipe to that particular kitchen and have those meals on demand. And I'm like, 
that's just so like so so it's just awesome but it, it kind of goes back to the previous point that you cannot right now in the midst of this focus on i want things to go back to the way they were that's never going to happen it's right. never going to be it's right. never going to be the pre-pandemic normal again everything post-pandemic is is going to be different and uh, I think it's going to be different in terms of the, what people look for in housing. I think it's going to be different in terms of what people look for in the in the job or, or workplace, marketplace. Yeah. And I think that um, you've got to seize change like this creates an immense amount of opportunity. And you've got to yeah. be focused on the opportunity option instead of the lamenting that it's not the way it used to be. Yep. No, absolutely. And that's where I think that's where tapping into your network. If people think about tapping into their network, they think about referrals and getting business. So much of it is about information and opportunity, right? Just like you and I are sharing about different examples and, you know, people kind of sharing, hey, this is what I'm seeing out there. Um, like, we'll use Netflix for an example, right? For years, the whole, you know, rent a movie thing was go to the store and you grab a movie. And, <laughs> you know, that. Right. And they and they put a gym membership model on top of that. Total innovation. Um, and it's not like they cornered the market and innovation innovation like there's, they've hey, that's the last ounce of innovation in the world. I mean, it's out there. And you just have to kind of sit back and yeah, 2020 is is not going to be a great year for a lot of people. Um, but it doesn't have to be the end of the story. No, and, and this, the story can be better. The story can actually yeah. be a better story than, than before. Jen and I were just talking about this. Okay, so Jen, let, let's, let's use an example, all right? So uh, Jen does a thing every June. It's called Streaking with the Cool Kids. It's a, it's a competition. It's basically a challenge, actually. It's, it's run, walk, or jog a mile a day every day in the month of June. Mm -hmm. So she, she okay. started doing this seven years ago with just her basic Instagram following. And uh, so fast forward to this last year, uh, she had over 6,500 participants this year. She had 13 countries represented and she had almost 3,000 people complete this challenge. And so she got messages from people, you know, I've lost weight, I've done this, I've reconnected with my family. And it, it was just, it was just awesome. But, it, you know, really got me thinking, I don't think in-person major race events are going to be the same anytime soon. But this whole idea of doing virtual events, and so her and yeah. I have been brainstorming about doing virtual 5Ks or 10Ks. Those are kind of coming up as all the rage. And yep. going back to your point about, you know, the attorney that, that didn't want to do the Zoom call and then all of a sudden gets on it, now he sees the opportunity to not only, it, it actually could be an advantage. He can still connect and network and not have to be traveling all around the city yeah. to do so. Yeah. Like, I think when people actually step outside of the situation and go, actually, what if this is the biggest blessing in disguise we've received? What if this transforms my business, but I just need to reframe my thinking about it differently? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had a franchisee um, call me a couple months ago and he said, Frank, you know what the best thing to happen to you is? No, what? COVID. I'm like, why do you say that? He says, you know, just think about it, you know? And he was right because I have used Zoom for a while with my podcast. Yeah. And that was the only reason. I, I had this tool and it was like a one-trick pony, right? The only thing I would do is podcasting with it. Now it's just opened my eyes to all the things I can do. There was one day I had a meeting at 
eight o'clock in the morning on Zoom with a group in Cleveland, Ohio, which is two hours away. Hung up on that, got on a call at um, ten o'clock in Phoenix, which is three hours behind us, so it's seven o'clock there. You know, and and then at noon I'm in Pittsburgh, and then I'm in Boston, and then I'm back in Columbus, all in the same day. And and prior to this. I would have just had to pick, right? Probably would end up doing nothing. The only thing you know, I've done is the thing in Columbus where I'm at. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's just so much opportunity if you, if you want to embrace it. I agree with that completely. If you want to embrace it, if you focus on the solution and not the problem. So, you know, what other advice are you giving your franchisees, the, the, the membership network in terms of, of brainstorming this situation? Like how does somebody begin to kind of lay the groundwork for a, a pivot? You know, how would you, how would you see that happening for somebody? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I read a quote from, uh, Adam Grant, the author of Give and Take, I don't know if you've read that book, it's a great book, but he had a quote on Twitter and he said, when you're feeling helpless, the best thing to do is to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And he expanded on it from there. But, you know, essentially what he's saying is, that, you know, when you feel that despair, the best thing to do is turn and help somebody else. And so the, from that, what I've messaged to, you know, my franchisees, the leaders that I know is just double down on serving other people. Don't worry about the money. If people are having trouble paying, just continue to serve them. It'll all work itself out. You know, we'll, you know, we don't exactly know where the opportunities are. We just know that people need help. So let's help them and we'll kind of sort it out from there. Um, cause it, because we don't know. We don't know how things are impacting other people. Some people are, are, are doing really well. Uh, one of my members, for example, I remember when this whole thing came down, he was just, he was totally beside himself. I was really scared for him for about 24 hours because he didn't know what was going to happen to his business, his livelihood, everything. Um, and then when it came out that, you know, he's an exterminator, um, they were a necessary business and there were all sorts of contracts that they were getting that, it, it, you know, it just turned things around for us. But, you know, there's a lot of people where that, where that turnaround hasn't been that quick. And so you just have to kind of get out there and, and serve people and, and, you know, and, and just listen and be patient. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of people, the patience is is difficult when there's a uh, perception of dire circumstances and or dire need, then I think uh, it's, it's very difficult for most people to be to be patient in that way. And I, and Jen and I have been through our, our stuff. Like that's part of the reason that we decided to do the hope radio podcast is that we'd been through enough life uh, together. We're high school sweethearts. We're married 26 years, been dating for five years before that and four boys. And so we we've seen our fair share. And my most challenging time was the great recession back in 2009. I was a financial advisor and, and basically in six months, the stock market had lost half its value. People were upset. Nobody wanted to invest money. And basically my income uh, dried up. And so we were going through a really, really difficult time at that time. And so um, the reality of it is, is that that time ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. It, it, it formulated and created the circumstance where I took a hard look at my life, what I liked, what I didn't like, what was going well, what wasn't going well, and really endeavored to, 
to change. And from that, some beautiful things happened, some significant things happened, some awesome things from a business perspective happened. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like the valley prophesies the mountain, you know, the deeper the valley, the bigger the mountain that comes back out of it. And so I think that this, right. this time is an opportunity for people to reflect. They call it the great pause. I think people can reflect. And from a business perspective, you know, if you've been on the wrong ladder, you know, way back when, I can't remember if it was Zig Ziglar or, or which book I read, you know, but your ladder, you're climbing the ladder of success. Well, sometimes that ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And so right. if that's the, if that's the case, this, this is an opportunity for everybody to take stock of where they are right now, you know, where they really want to be in the future and, and figure out a way to, to glean as much as you can. I like to look at hard circumstances and challenging times and go, what's the maximum possible good that we can extract out of this? And if it's not obvious, yeah. sometimes you got to be patient. Sometimes you got to look deeper, look harder. And, you know, coming back to your point about serving others, that's really the, the origin of the, of the podcast. When we were shut down, uh, I sold my financial services practice. We started flipping houses last year. Flipped six houses in Sacramento last year. And then coming into this year, we had another four or five uh, in the pipeline. And then COVID hit and we just had everything shut down. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the time. I need to do this hope radio thing. I need to get out there and start talking about positivity, pouring into others. And I think that that's really what you're talking yep. about, that true connection only can come from a very altruistic motive, you know, altruistic purpose. That, that like That's when you can really connect with people, when there's no agenda and each comes into a situation and going, let's look around. How can we help somebody else? Yeah. Well, and people won't let you fail, right? They, they see you as a giver. They see When they see people as a giver, they really come to rally around that person. Whereas somebody who's selfish, they're not going to rally around them as much. They're, I mean, it just takes a lot of, it takes a lot of compassion to rally around that person. Um, and so it's, you know, what you're doing is, you know, what you're doing is great. And the, and the point you made, I thought was, was, was wonderful because in 2008 is a great example. Prior to 2008, if you had a, if you had a gap on your resume, it was a red flag, right? Okay. This person's been let go somewhere. That was a red flag before 2008. After 2008 to have a red, have that gap on your resume, wasn't a red flag because so many people had them. I'm not saying it was a badge of honor, um, but people didn't question it. And so you could kind of, you could, um, you could kind of bury the past a little bit. Um, and, and, and this is creating kind of the same thing if people want to do over whatever that do over might be, you know, I want to get into real estate or I want to get into final financial services, or, you know, I want to open that charity that I've always thought about doing. Um, people aren't going to be looking at, you know, won't be looking at you as, as being funny, right? Wow. Cause if you'd have done it a year ago when the economy's roaring, you'd be like, wow, you know, you left a perfectly good job, perfectly good situation to take on this risk. You know, now it's, um, now it's, it's, it's going to be more acceptable to do those sorts of things. Yeah, I think uh, I think it will be. I think that this this COVID is going to create a, a point in time where people can all relate to what was going on. Everyone's going to have a story. Everyone's going to have a memory of what happened during the the pandemic of 2020. You know, but I, I think that that's an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity for, like we talked about, reflection and, and maybe a, heading in a different direction. And I think that the 
you, the biggest mistake that I think can be made, and I t- have this conversation with my four boys, is missing the opportunity to to reflect. You know, I said, you guys, you, I said, you're young. Both of my boys are in their early 20s. I said, here you are, you know, once yep. in a hundred year pandemic, you guys are living through it right now. You guys should be, you should be journaling because you're going to want to remember this because you're going to talk to your kids and your grandkids about, you know, the pandemic of 2020. I said, but what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to, to waste this opportunity. I don't want you to waste this time. And I said, you have an opportunity to turn 2020 into, into several things. It can either be remembered as the year of the pandemic in your life, or it can be remembered as the year you started your business, or it can be the year that you got into the best shape of your life, or it can be the year that you made XYZ connection that led to XYZ company or event or opportunity or whatever. So I, I said, I'm going to lead by, by example. So I talked to Jen and I said, uh, I want 2020 to be, cause I'll turn 50 in January. I said, I want 2020 to be the year that I got myself into the best shape of my life heading into 50. I have the time. I have the opportunity. I live in a mountain divide, you know, let's get to work. And so Jen and I have been working out. She, she's my motivator. She gets up at, uh, what time you get up in the morning? Super early. 4.45. Yeah. And she goes out and she, she right, goes out. <laughs> she just crushes it. And, you know, like I can't lay in bed for too long, you know, after she's got up at 4.45 yeah. to go down into uh, into our gym. But, you know, just having that mindset that I that I want it to be defined for something else. It's going to be the year I started the Hope yeah. Radio podcast, you know, that, that we created that endeavor. It's going to be the year that we got into the best shape of our life. It's going to be the year that we started a business with our kids. And so I think reframing you know, the opportunity and, and, and being conscious about making it not just the year of COVID. Because you'll hear people say, I want to redo. I want it to do over. Can't wait for 2021. And I said to my boys, somebody's going to have their best year ever in 2020. Yeah. Why not Why not what? be you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, um, I, have, I have three kids, uh, a 24-year-old. Uh, my daughter's 23. She just graduated uh, from college. And my, my youngest, is just started his junior year at Ohio Wesleyan. Well, heading into this, he's done really well in school. Dean's list, you know, finance major. He's figuring, hey, I'll get a, uh, I'll get a job this summer internship. Well, he knew right away it wasn't going to happen. So he, he went out, he bought a power washer, bought a couple hundred feet of hose, um, had some cards made up, and I, I, Sean, I, I am embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to tell him how much money he made this summer, right? <laughs> you know, uh, um, I mean, it's phenomenal. I you love, know, I love how- that. I love that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. That, you know, like he pivoted and he went, "Okay, I'm gonna seize the opportunity. Yeah. What can I do? Well, I've got time. Yeah. I can go buy a pressure washer. I can wash things. I can wash cars. I can do mm-hmm. this. I can detail. I can." You know, I love that. Everyone can do something, you know, like everyone can do something, whether it be, you know, washing cars or mowing lawns, like you can do something. Well, I think about websites like Etsy and stuff like that. Like if you can make things, if you can create things. Now's your time. You have time. We live in the greatest technological age that has ever existed in human history. You can't yeah. use the excuse "I don't know how" mm-hmm. or "I don't have an option." Right. You know, it's 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 very difficult in my eyes to to use that as a justification. I just yeah. think there's so many well, resources I, and so many tools out there. Yeah, I think it's gonna uh, you know it it's gonna further flatten the world. Um, it's going to break down ge- uh, geographic barriers. For example, you know that we've lived in a time where people, big companies have said, you know, we really need to have everybody close, right? We just need to have everybody nearby. 
And so they might be looking at candidates, and there's candidate A who's really strong, um, and then candidate B who's not quite as strong. But candidate B lives in town, and candidate A we've got to relocate. You know, in the past, what they would do is go with candidate B. You know, we don't have to pay the relocation expenses, and, you know, that just saves us some, some current money, and we'll be fine. Now they can go to candidate A and say, you know what, you're the guy, or you're the gal, whatever. Um, you know, can you fly in once a month? We'll get you a great laptop. We'll, we, you know, we're, we're all set up to do these things. Yeah, you're in Ames, Iowa. You could be working in San Francisco, um, you know, living in a $150,000 house, um, you know, on two acres. Uh, you know, and it's just going to change. It's going to change how things operate. It, 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 it's really going to be neat, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's for us, you know, coming out of the whole financial services, I sold my practice at the end of 2018. And then I thought, you know, what am I going to do? I really didn't have any idea what I was going to do next. But Jen and I got together. She's a great visual designer. She's she's just got some real talent. And I said, let's let's flip a house. And so we decided to do that and uh, flip a house. And then one led to two, one led to three, etc. And, and so as I thought about pre pandemic, you know, we were focused in markets in Sacramento that were highly dense, older houses, needed renovation, etc. But you know, COVID has actually made me think a little differently about where our focus should be moving forward. I think that there is going to be a greater exodus of people out of big cities. I think there's going to be more people moving out of the Bay Area, San Francisco, etc. Yep. They still want to be reasonably close to maybe family members, so they don't want to get, you know, into another into another state. But I think that there's going to be a, a, a decent chunk of people that are looking for more rural properties. The idea being maybe I can have yep. a garden. Maybe I've got enough room to create a little uh, gym or workout area. I've got a little space. Yep. You know, for us, when the pandemic hit, like in the Bay Area, I mean, people were in lockdown, like not leaving their house for like a month kind of situation. You know, for us, we live in the mountains up in the rural area. We were out every day. You know, we were out in the country, out outside, you know, going in, you know, traveling, whatever. And it, it, it we just didn't really miss that whole condensated, you know, dense, you know, like you can't go anywhere. You're going to touch people everywhere you go. There's people kind of a situation. So it's really made us reflect, you know, storage, gardens, pivot, rural properties. Maybe that should be where we focus moving forward, because the reality of it is, is I don't think people are going to have short term memories when it comes to this pandemic. I think that there's a lot of people that, especially if they were in extreme lockdown, aren't going to want to do that again and are fearful right. that it could happen again and are going to be more desirous of a little bit more elbow room you know, where they live and, and looking at, and then yeah. we're, then we're pivoting to trying to add, you know, ideas of, of, uh, reinforcing the insulation to make more of a quiet room in an office. So if somebody does have to work from home, et cetera. So just trying to be aware of how to, in our business pivot because of COVID. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's commiserating gets you nowhere. Just, <laughs> just attack it. Just attack it. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the message I'm, you know, had with people. And it's interesting early on when this thing came down, I had one of my members in Pittsburgh, he called me up and I didn't really know the guy I've met him, but I didn't really know him. But he said, Frank, is it possible that I can put my membership on hold? Um, which is something he could certainly do. And I said, Peter, the answer to your question is yes. I'm going to tell you right now, that's how we work. You certainly can. You can come back whenever you want, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is, what, this is what I want to tell you. Damn it, you can't. You have to stay. You have to stay and you have to fight because if you, you know, you need other people and other people need you right now. 
So you need to go back to your meeting every week and be a part of it. And he just, I thought he was going to be mad at me. And he stopped and he goes, you know what? You're right. I do. I do need to do this. I do need to be a part of it. Um, and he would have missed out on a lot of opportunity if, if he would have just kind of withdrawn from people. Um, so I think we, you know, we need to be cheerleaders for one another. We need to, uh, we need to encourage one another. And that's, again, that's back to the network, you know, the people we have surrounding us help, you know, help your neighbor. They will help you. Um, my neighbor's always, we live in a wooded area. He's always poking through the woods. How's everybody over there? You know, we're socially distant. We're fine. You guys okay? Yeah, we're fine too. Um, just check in on people. It's, you know, kindness. We're a little bit ahead of us here, but we'll, We'll get through it. Kindness, consideration, empathy, checking in on people. You know, I think that that's a, that's a great thing to be doing right now. Again, assisting others. When you're feeling hopeless, helping others helps to engender hope in you. Like Jen and I, like I think we've both been surprised at how hope-filled we've been doing this podcast. We didn't expect that side of it. We, we really began it trying to pour into others, but we found ourselves in yeah. situations where when our properties were stalling and we're waiting on engineering and architects for, for years, you know, and somebody comes on the show and talks about, you know, the fact that they just had overcome a 15-year abusive relationship and we sit here and go, we're whining that we can't get our houses going right yeah. now. Like, it just gives you perspective. Coming alongside people, talking to them, hearing their story, listening to them, sometimes just lending an ear. Just the whole opportunity yeah. of listening to somebody else is all that they need to spark hope and or or alleviate some of the burden of, of the weight that they're feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, and it's it's it, it's really an easy thing to do. You know, it's an easy thing to do. It's you know, especially with social media. I mean, can you imagine this a hundred years ago, the the nineteen eighteen pandemic? Oh my gosh! Um, just we don't have the ability to stay informed like we do now. Um, Resources, school, education, all that yep. stuff. How oh, different yeah. it all would have been. You you would have felt far more isolated back then than I think people feel today. But, you know, it's it's so easy to discount what you take for granted, you know, and I think that this is an opportunity where things have gotten shaken up and it really makes you be grateful for what you do have. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, be grateful for what you do have. And so I have a, you know, as we finish up here, Frank, I, wa I wanted to ask you a question. You know, I want you to imagine, you know, a restaurateur, you know, maybe this person's got three or four restaurants pre-pandemic. They were thriving. Now they're facing significant uncertainty, maybe even the loss of the businesses because of carrying costs and, you know, lack of patronage and stuff like that. Or maybe a gym owner that, you know, is imagining that things are probably not going to be ever the same moving forward in terms of how people go to work out in gyms and, and things like that. I mean, what would you say to somebody that may be struggling in business that the way of doing business pre-pandemic does not look to be the same post-pandemic, what, what advice, encouragement could you give somebody that's listening right now in, in that regard? Um, you know what? I would, if I were them, I would just tell them to step back, you know, and, and take, take a deep breath. As humans, we're, we're not good at problem solving in a panic, right? And I know it's easy to say, you know, I'm not panicked right now. Um, but if you can, if you can step back and kind of really, you know, take that deep breath and look at your situation, answers will come to you. Answers will come to you, um, and you don't necessarily have to have all the answers right away. But I guess 
what I would sit down and do is really kind of detail out what are the problems. What are all the, you know, hey, I need to get a ton more business. You know, I need to, well, let me give you an example, totally unrelated. Somebody came to me, I, I run this charitable group, uh, which is where I've connected you guys, a lot of people. I run this, uh, this charitable group that just connects other charities so they can learn from one another. But I was talking to one guy and said, hey, you know, what are you looking for? What could help you? And he said, I need $50,000 so I can run my summer camp. Okay. I said to myself, or said to him, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't have $50,000. I don't know somebody with $50,000. There's nothing I can do to help this guy. But then we continued to talk, and I just asked the question, why do you need $50,000? Can you kind of detail that for me? And he started going through things, and, you know, hey, I need to, I need $5,000 to charter a bus that's going to basically, uh, or charter buses to go to various points in the state and pick these kids up. Okay. All right. I know a guy who is connected with a bus company. I don't know that you'll get it for free, but you might get it for a whole lot cheaper than $5,000. Um, you know, they'd be willing to donate the driver, donate the bus, you pay for the gas kind of thing. I don't know, right? But you can start picking it apart piece by piece. And so all of a sudden it's like, okay, based on what you're telling me and what we can pull together, you don't need 50000 you need 20000 and that's a, much, that's a much more manageable number. So it's the same thing with that restaurateur or that gym owner line up all your problems. What are they? You know, what are they? Um, you know, is my gym totally closed or is it something where I can only have so many people in the gym at a certain time, right? Is my gym closed, but can I take my stuff to people's homes if they invite me into their homes to work out with them, you know, kind of rethink the model. Um, you know, what are, you know, what are some things I can offload? You know, I don't need this advertising anymore, perhaps. Um, I don't need this piece of equipment anymore that might be on a lease, you know, and so you send it back. You know, so I think there's, you know, rather than just saying I've got this mountain of a problem, what are all the little problems that I have? And then start to tackle one by one, certainly tapping into your network. Who can help me with this? Who can help me with that? And, uh, and going from there. I think that's great advice. I think that you know, really breaking apart the, the the big challenge. Sometimes when you look at it in in full spectrum, it seems insurmountable. But when you break it apart in pieces, you start to chip away at it. And I think that that was an excellent example of that. You know, figure out what your your needs are right now. You know, I think about a gym owner. I think about pivoting into online classes, online instruction. You know, imagine having a. a you know, a, a, a class being taught for if you have no weights at home, how do you, how do you pivot? How do you get your exercise in? You know, imagine a local yeah. gym being known for doing that, you know, or, yeah. you know, creating an event at a park where everyone's, you know, six plus feet apart and we're going to do this, that, or the other thing. Just keeping their name out there. You know, what, what can I do? Again, focus on the solution, not on, you know, just lamenting the problem, um, I yeah. think is what we're both saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, my, uh, my assistant um, has her own yoga studio, um, kind of a sideline thing. And when this thing, whole thing hit, she figured out how to take it online. And, you know, we were, we were talking a month or so ago, and she said, you know what? August is my last day of rent, last month of rent. And I just can't see, even when things get back to normal, I've got enough of a following that I can do my yoga classes online just as effectively. In fact, it can cater to more people because people don't have to have that 20 minutes to drive to me. People from 
you know, two hours awake and be in my classes, why would I continue to do this? Why would I keep spending this money every month when I really don't need to? Um, and uh, I mean, kudos to her. You know, she's talking about buying an RV and traveling <laughs> around for, you know, and, and still having her business, right? I love um, it. I love the pivot. For some yeah. people, this is going to be the biggest blessing in disguise that they've received. They may not have liked it, but what comes out of it is going to be beautiful for them moving forward. And I think she's an example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Frank, absolutely. you've been you've been so awesome. Thank you so much for your times. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your perspective. I, I really appreciated uh you know, what you had to share today. And, and I really appreciate uh, you helping other business owners to stay connected, pivoting, creating ideas, you know, sharing ideas with us and our audience. It's, it's been a blast. Well, thank you for the opportunity. All right, Jennifer, what did you think about our interview with Frank? I honestly think that the key is to pivot. The key? The key. Is to, you are excited. I like your yes. enthusiasm. Like whatever business you're in right now, you need to learn to pivot. You need to right? seek the opportunity yeah. to change course direction. Yes. Maybe it's only five degrees. Maybe it's 15 degrees. Maybe it's 90 degrees. Maybe you got to head completely in the opposite direction that mm-hmm. you thought you were supposed to go in. But I think I think you're right. You've got to. But I, I think that goes with that whole idea of seeking the opportunity out of all of this instead of focusing on the problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what else I think? What? I liked what he said, and it made all the sense in the world that the people who are struggling are still the people that are thinking that the world's going to be the same. And that made so much sense to me because the people who know that, you know, like life is not going to be as we knew it are the ones that are have pivoted and moved on and just, you know. Well, I think, I think if you expect things to be the same – in an event like this, it's only going to breed discontent mm-hmm. and frustration because it, if you step back from the situation, obviously everything's going to change. Now, right. I think 10 years from now, are we going to see major sports events, etc., mm-hmm. come back? Are they going to be like they used to be? I think that they're going to be very, very close, but I think it's going to take some time before people forget about this. I mean, just, we, we were having this conversation the day watching TV, mm-hmm. you know, we were watching, uh, we were going through Netflix, trying to find something to watch. And we were watching that, uh, Titan games with the rock. Yeah. And remember like all of these people cheering in the crowd. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it, it was, it was almost <laughs> like my perspective now was these people, how crazy were yeah. they? All these people getting together <laughs> in a room. I can't believe it. You we're know, like you can't do that. Yeah. Where's your mask? Exactly. It's weird. It, it is weird, but I think it'll take time and distance mm-hmm. before we get to a, a quote-unquote new normal. But to right. expect that things are going to be the way they used to be, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So the quicker you embrace that, mm-hmm. I think the less frustration you're going to experience. Yeah, I think it took us about two weeks to realize this is not going to be good. And <laughs> Well, it's great. I mean? well, it's turning into something great. It is turning into something great, but we knew in two weeks that life isn't going to be back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, even we, though we were told two weeks, but only I, two weeks. I, I think in all fairness, I think that we do better with change than yeah. than some people do. You know, some people are very, very resistant to change. Right. I mean, when you've changed schools before high school twenty five times, yeah, you've got to know how to do good with change. <laughs> <laughs> both of us, both yeah. of us had that kind of a of an upbringing, but I I, I think that that helps us in a situation like this. You mm-hmm. know, for some people that that do not like change, you know, they're resistant to it. I think that they're going to be the ones that are the, the most frustrated. Yeah. 
because I, I just don't think that things are going to be back the way they used to be for a lot of businesses. I think some are going to be better. I think some are going to be maybe slightly disadvantaged. I think some are going to be completely disadvantaged. Right. Um, but I think that this is an event of change that will stay with us for a while. And you just got to look for the opportunity to snatch your piece of the opportunity. Right. 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 You know, yeah. like there is going to be off whenever there's a, there's change, massive change, chaos, etc. Mm-hmm. There's always an immense amount of opportunity. You just got to grab your piece. I love chaos. What? I do. Really? Yes. I love crazy What kind of chaos? chaos? Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Like you, you're not talking. Chaos like makes me just so calm. Well, I imagine chaos and I thought of the purge. And I'm like, you don't like that kind of chaos. Nah. Violent chaos. No. I would I would come out on top on the purge. <laughs> there ain't no way I'm going down. You are a Viking warrior. Ain't going warrior. down till the sun comes up. No, you yeah. are a Viking warrior princess with yeah. an axe and I'm a like, sword. Bring so. it. You challenge me, you purge people. You be be mindful of what it's you're coming on. up against. Yeah. <laughs> I love that fighting spirit in you, though. That, that's that's one of the reasons why I love you. Well, thank you. Oh, we just got sweet. It's hot in here. I had to uh, take my shirt off. Jennifer. <laughs> I did. A little more information well, than our... I have a sports bra on because you yeah. never know when I'm going to just drop and run. What? Yeah, purge. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm always ready. You are always ready. Well, so how do people hear more about us and the show how do they connect with us? Well, you, first of all, anywhere you listen to your podcast, just Google or search Hope Radio Podcast. We are there. And then on our social media outlets, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Hope Radio Podcast. Thank you very much for that. And mm-hmm. I encourage people to like and subscribe, leave us a review. And if you're hope filled, if you know of a story that would be a good story for us to have on the show, maybe it's your story, maybe it's somebody else's, please send us a direct message. We'd love to yeah. have more hope filling guests on on the hope radio podcast how about leave a review so we can thank you especially if you're on itunes if you listen to a podcast on itunes we're looking for more itunes reviews so if you can leave us a five star you guys are awesome you know we'd love to do that and we'll thank you right here live really yes we'll do do that okay and we'll tell you how wonderful you are high five on that and beautiful and handsome well thank you were you talking to me? Sprinkles for everybody. Or are you talking to whoever's going to leave us a review? Whoever's I'm sorry. I, got con- I, I was looking for the praise there for a moment. So. Well, you're or always awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we do this again? One more day? Let's do it tomorrow. One more time? Let's, let's, yes. have another, let's have another show. Okay. I think it's awesome. Okay. Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs>